Welcome to a storyteller's episode of Ye Old Dragons Library. As the name implies, in these episodes, we talk to storytellers and look behind the story to the process, the germinal ideas and inspiration, and the hours of thought and work that go into the gift of story. Welcome to this new storytellers episode of Yule Dragons Library. We're talking with another friend from Realm Rakers, Phyllis Wheeler. Today uh, is November 4th. The podcast is, is releasing. And Phyllis's new book, Secret of the Lost Dragons, released on November 1st. So why don't you tell us about the series and where it came from and how many books remain? Or is this open-ended? You, you'll, be, you'll keep writing as long as you get more ideas? Well, it is open-ended. It's uh, it's one of those chapter book series, you know, like uh, a magic treehouse or something where you can just keep going. <laughs> and so so this is book two in the series. So, and I'm working on book three. So it will um, hopefully um, go on for 10 books or so, or I don't know what, see what the Lord has in store. You never know. You never know. Maybe you'll have spinoffs and uh, characters will show up who demand their own storyline. And Right, that could be. Yeah, so it's a, it's a chapter book series. So for ages 8 to 11, and um, our heroes are Jake and Ava. They are 11-year-old twins. And uh, it's mostly told from Jake's point of view. So it's a, a high action book. So good for you know, reluctant readers, and it has plenty of illustrations, like 20 illustrations per book. So, oh, fun. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's, it's, it helps along the, um, the newer readers and large type, you know. So Jake and Ava are in the first book called The Dog Snatcher. Somebody steals their dog, runs down the street, and vanishes into thin air. So, they don't know what to do. So they look, they notice that on the pavement, this person has dropped a key. So they pick up the key and they turn it in the air and messing around. And they uh, suddenly they're somewhere else. It's a time travel key. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. So they rendered the world of the guardians of time, who are a, uh, a group of 700 year old alchemists who uh, have been granted long life so that they can rescue people lost in time and dogs. Yeah. So the the guardians yeah. keep showing up from book to book? Yes, they do. And these kids keep getting into, well, see, by the second book, they're seasoned time travelers. So Jake and Ava, are they're also regular kids. So they're babysitting for their four-year-old cousin, Dee Dee. And uh, Dee Dee uh, walks up their driveway and stoops to touch a shiny coin that's laying there on the ground. Oh, no. And she vanishes into thin air. <laughs> What's there to do but follow her? So they touch the coin, too. And then they, when they get there, they, they discover Dee Dee is facing this enormous dragon in, the, uh, in a desert canyon. And... So they think, oh, well, we'll just use our time travel keys. They put their hands in their pockets. And guess what? They don't have their keys because they're wearing their bathing suits. Oh, no. No yes. pockets. Nope. 
And so that that's the next adventure. What do you do to get out of this situation when you don't even have your time travel keys and you don't have any way to contact the guardians of time who could rescue you? So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering, are the um, the kids are accepted by the the uh, guardians of time reluctantly, or they're welcomed? Or it's like, well, now that you know our secret, we have to let you into the club. Or what's the situation? Well, the the actual this, what got the ball rolling on this story was a short story that I wrote, which is available only on my website if you sign up for my newsletter. So this is the beginning of it. So this is not not Jake and Ava, but um, another kid who's in the story named Will. So Will is the first one to discover the Guardians of Time, and he encounters kind of a gruff reception. But pretty soon the um, alchemist Paracelsus accepts him. And so he becomes an apprentice. And so eventually Jake and Ava also become apprentices. Uh And even little Didi, who's four years old. Train him up early. Right. Fun. Yeah. So why Um, is the dragon lost? Well, they are having a trouble with it. So there's this, um, the dog snatcher is a, an alchemist who went bad. When he's one of the guardians of time who uh, just kind of started doing bad things. And um, so as punishment, he was uh, assigned to uh, look like a 14-year-old for the rest of his life. But he is actually about a thousand years old. So I base these alchemists on real people and find them in Wikipedia. Uh-huh. <laughs> So this guy was a monk named Martin Ortolan, or Ortolanus is how he wrote his book. So Martin Ortolan is causing trouble. He's always the antagonist. So in the uh, dragon book, he is the one who, well, he lured the dragons to this spot. And they, they li- actually live outside of time. And he lured them to this spot, which is inside of time. It's a, a, play, a geographical place. And he um, got them to... Well, he just marooned them there and he's like cackling, you know, like, ha, you can't leave. And they've been there for a hundred years already. Yeah, they've been praying to uh, the guiding hand to uh, send them home. And, and so these kids show up and they think, oh, maybe the kids are going to send us home. But the kids don't know how to do that. So that's, that's how the story develops. It's, uh, you know, as a Christian background. Okay. So this this evil alchemist just does things to be nasty. He doesn't have some big overarching plan that he has to follow all these steps to to accomplish universal domination or anything like that. Or he's just a a brat. He's a brat. Yeah, <laughs> a brat. Because <laughs> he's fourteen years old. <laughs> well, he also kind of went bad as an adult to start with. He just yeah bad. You know, just did. I mean, okay. we all have that speak in us, right? Oh, I think I'd rather do this. <laughs> okay. Well, he came into it. <laughs> so he's going to show up in book three. Have you got that? Are you working on that? Or you, you've got it rough drafted? Yeah. Are you just brainstorming? Or Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm in the middle of the uh, climax of it right now. So what's the title of that? Are your, this title is still nebulous? Yeah, no title yet. Yeah. Okay. So people have to keep checking your website to find out what the title of book three is. Right. They do. Yeah. So let's back up. And how did you get started writing in the first place? Well, it depends on how you define started. So like, you know, I've been a writer all my life. When I was, well, 13 or so, I decided I wanted to write a children's book, but I knew I didn't, I wasn't ready, but I was writing a lot of poetry. 
is sort of Tolkien-like poetry. Uh huh. <laughs> I think we all go through a phase like that. Tolkien fan po fan poetry. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I did a lot of writing in terms of you know like technical writing or uh, a newspaper writing, that kind of factual writing or magazine articles, you know, about describing stuff. So. But I, but I had this idea in the back of my mind that I wanted to write a children's book. So when I was 30, I wrote one, but this was long ago. And of course I was writing on a typewriter with uh, carbon copies, believe it or not. And I sent my manuscript in a box to a publisher. Now this is the first person besides me who had seen it. You know, we know all, now that's, don't do that. You need yeah. to send it to writer friends first. <laughs> So she was politely, you know, like, oh, I think this has possibility. But then I, I looked at it and I thought, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing. I think I'll wait until I know more about life. So I, when I, I then when I was 55, I started in earnest trying to learn the craft of fiction because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my kids had, had uh, weren't, didn't need my help so much anymore. And my homeschooling was over and I, Now's the time. So I've been working on that for um, 16 years, just learning the craft and meeting people. And I was a, a publisher for a while, for five years, and an editor. And then I decided to get serious, you know, probably about five or six years ago. Okay, it's time to actually do this. So I um, started, I have three books out now. Uh, the first one is The Long Shadow. It's a, uh, all my books are time travel fantasy. So this one is for young adult. And then I decided, okay, I really would, I really like writing for younger people. So I picked up this uh, series of stories about the guardians of time and Jake and Ava, who are the little apprentices. Great. <laughs> so we'll see where it goes. It's it's uh it's definitely set in our world and it's it's not an alternate history, it's this history. Kind of like Voyagers. I suppose. I'm not yeah. sure exactly what it's like. Maybe you, you probably are better more widely read than I am. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think the more the more writing you do and the more editing you do, the less reading you do, which yeah. is really sad. Um, yeah. So I think the you know, the magic treehouse, people are familiar with that. Yeah. It, a bit like that, but it's it's fantasy. Also, it's you know got wild dragons in it, or it's uh, uh, these alchemists. You know, it's it's, uh, it's not straight time travel. So uh, yeah, it's it's gotten a good reception. Taking it to homeschool conventions, they you're getting a you know people like it there. So oh, getting in with the homeschool crowd is is a big a big step in getting your books noticed and, you know, getting approval from the gatekeepers. Right. Yeah. So I, my first book, the one, the YA book was published by a small press, but for the, um, the chapter books, I am, I'm publishing them because you know what the, you can't get an agent for a chapter book. No. And the publishers are not interested. And the reason is, well, there's a cost to it. You got these 20 illustrations, who's going to illustrate it and what are they going to charge you? So. I um, just looked around and looked around and looked around and found illustrators who could help me out without breaking the bank or who are willing to do that anyway. 
I suppose if I were a big publisher, they would, you know, charge a lot more money. Anyway, so that's how that's how it come, is coming to be. Is, is I'm self-publishing this. Uh, Great. Little series. So you have a label for yourself, or it's just well, I do. Your own name. You know, once upon a time, I uh, was writing computer science curriculum for homeschoolers, and my the name of my little company is Motherboard. So I'm just still using motherboard books. So makes when, sense. Yeah, it was a uh, when it was computer books, it was a cute little pun, but now it's like, oh, but anyway, I'm still using it. Well, you know, it's an established name. Yeah. You know, and, and if you're you're still reaching to the homeschooling crowd, so they're familiar with your name, they know you're a reliable publisher. So this is just the fiction division of motherboard books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so what is your process for writing? You know, there, there's all this discussion over pantsers versus plotters. Of course, some people don't want to be called pantsers. They want to be called discovery writers. Are you one or the other? Are you a hybrid? Yeah, I think I'm a hybrid. I Yeah, I tried to once upon a time when I was in this uh, phase of learning to write fiction, sat down to write a novel, and I plotted the whole thing out according to the snowflake method. And then I could not write it. Because I already knew what was going to happen. They're you like, already well, wrote the book. Yeah, it's in my head. It's yeah. on this outline. Why should I write it? I couldn't make myself write it. So obviously I need to do something different. So so that what I do now is I uh, uh, have a, an idea of the ending, which of course is always a happy ending, you know, for kids both. And then I have an idea for my setup scenario. And then I just kind of start writing, see what happens and it. Other writers help me brainstorm my plot as I go, because I'm not, you know, some people are very inventive or very creative. And I'm, I spent all those years being a technical writer. My creative juices are, don't flow that well. So I need, need help from other writers about brainstorming. So I get that. So what do you call a uh, priming the pump? Yeah. Waiting to go off on rabbit trails. But yeah, sometimes I, the I, story I, takes over and it's, that's the most fun. That's true. That is, yeah. I think, oh, where did that, where'd that come from? <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> so how did you come up with the twins? Was this just an idea that you had in the back of your head or you just sat down and plotted out what would be most appealing to readers? What would be the easiest for, for the kids to read and to um, identify with? Yeah, I was looking for someone that uh, kids could identify with, especially a reluctant reader and especially a boy reluctant reader would be able to identify. So so Jake is my point of view character. Well, he's got Ava right by his side. So little girls don't seem to be put off by the fact that the point of view character is a boy. They, they, they read it. It's a lot easier for girls to read a boy's point of view than it is for boys to read a girl's point of view. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure why that is, but so I get, you know, these parents looking for a a book for boys there's a lot of books for girls out there very common but boy books not so much of course the um and i'm writing in the the homeschool vein which is conservative you know not political or you know i'm not trying to uh, teach anybody any left-wing policies or anything so uh there are books that could have been written you know 20 30 40 years ago avoid politics Especially but nowadays. Be, you'd be surprised what the, uh, the mainstream publishers oh. are doing. 
in the way of politics. So yeah. They are on board with the left turn. If you as a parent don't want that, well, come to the homeschool world. <laughs> yeah. Come buy my books. <laughs> we've got to, we've got to give the kids a solid foundation because they're going to go out into the unfortunately real world eventually. And if they're not ready to stand up against it, they're going to get their feet knocked out from underneath them and get swept along. Yeah, it's quite a challenge for parents these days. You got to be vigilant. What is my kid learning in school? Should they be in that school? (laughs) Maybe they should homeschool. (laughs) Sometimes you you turn around and you think, come quickly, Lord. So have you got anything stewing, uh, anything on a back burner that you're you're letting sit and grow for a while that might come along outside of the um, your time travel series? Or are you just going to uh, stick with those characters for now? Yeah, I'm going to stick with them for now. I'm starting to wonder about book four. What's that going to be? I don't know yet. But but the way I I start one of these books is I like I play that. You know, there used to be this video game called. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Yeah. My kids used to play that. So I'm thinking, okay, where in the world am I going to set this next one? So it's sort of a, a bit of a, um, a mystery as you read the book. You don't necessarily find out where you are until um, much later in the book. So it's a bit of, a, you know, like you might wonder where you are or hear the clues. The kids are discussing the clues about where they are. So, uh, so I can't really tell you where book two is set or book three but uh, so book four where is that going to be so i'm looking at you know these travel brochures thinking whoa what about there fun yeah and it and it can be anywhere in the world it doesn't have to be someplace i've been it doesn't have to be someplace i'm comfortable with like western europe it can be you know just anywhere because i can there's i can research it you know do you try to get to those places or it's on your your bucket list. Well, you know, I have a plan too at this point. Book one is has is set largely in uh, I can tell you this in Lyon, France, and I've been there. I've spent a week there, so put the book there because I thought, oh, you know, this, I know where I know where everything is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Other, I'm trying to like go to different places in the world, you know, besides Europe. So that one is in Europe. The other, the next two are not in Europe. These these other places are places I would like to go, and I don't really have a plan for getting there. So where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Is part of my thought process. Why don't you give us your website and where people can find you online, and then we'll also be including that information in the podcast notes and in the Yield Dragon Books blog. So those who don't want to write down while they're listening can go to the blog and find you and see the books. Yeah. And get so, your free story. Yeah. Get my free story. Then you, it's the only place you can get it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is if you sign up for my newsletter, of course you can always unsubscribe. If you, yeah. So my website is phyllis.wheeler.com. The problem there is how do you spell Phyllis Wheeler? Well, it's the normal way. So P H Y L L I S. And then Wheeler, like 18 Wheeler, you know, W-H-E-E-L-E-R.com. Facebook author page, or are you an Instagram, or do you have a blog? Well, the blog is right there on the website. Okay. Yeah. Facebook is 
phyllis.h.wheeler. So if you go to Facebook, I think, uh, yeah, phyllis.h.wheeler. Facebook and Twitter is, or X rather, is Phyllis Wheeler. And Instagram is Phyllis Wheeler Author. And the, the links for those are on my website if you scroll down to the bottom. Okay. Yeah, see those little links. Great. Well, it's been fun learning about Secrets of the Lost Dragons and the whole time travel series. Yeah. And I'm curious, um, the evil alchemist, did he drop that key or did somebody else drop the key the first time the kids found it? Well, he dropped it. On purpose or by accident? By accident. And he comes back looking for it. Yeah. Uh, He's very distressed that he doesn't have it. So, uh-huh. so he proposes a trade, the dog for the key. We'll find out why he took the dog. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, there's a little bit of a, Jake tells a lie. It's terrible. Oh, not good. And he actually tells a lie to his dad. And it takes him till the end of the book. To fix things. To apologize. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lesson learned. Yeah, but it's all good after that. <laughs> Okay. Well, we're going to have the cover art on on the blog and people can see your book and find you. Maybe you can come on back when book three comes out and tell us what happened there or give us an idea without giving away the book. So, well, yeah, it's, it's still an amorphous stage. So, I- Yeah. Sometimes the brainstorming and, and having the book, having the story tell itself to you is is the most fun in the whole process. Yeah. So thank you so much, Michelle. Well, thanks for coming, telling us about your time travel series. Congratulations on the release of book two, brand new as of this podcast. And we're looking forward to book three. So so much, Michelle. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you had fun and we gave you something to think about and investigate further in our guest author's storytelling worlds. Check the podcast notes and the Ye Old Dragon Books blog for information on the books discussed in each of our podcasts and how to find our guest authors online. And remember to keep listening for more fantastical stories. For inside scoops and exclusive access to stories before they're officially released, please consider joining the Ye Old Dragons Library Patreon group and help support this podcast. Thanks for listening.